Welcome to the eGovernance Academy podcast to discover the future of governance. Tune in for the Digital Government Podcast every Wednesday. Welcome back, everyone. This is another episode of the Digital Government Podcast. We are again here, and uh, this is your usual host, Federico Plantera, journalist, sociologist, researcher, you know the drill. And uh, today with me, we have again Hannes Sastok, Executive Director here at the Governance Academy. So Hannes, welcome back and thanks for joining us. Hello everyone, great to be with you again. Perfect. So Hannes, today we're talking, we're doing a little bit of a retrospective, let's say, a little bit as if uh, as if it's an exhibition, uh, but not a museum exhibition because the eGovernance Academy is very much active everywhere in the world. We have many different projects, uh, definitely not a museum piece, uh, but eGovernance Academy is turning 20 turning 20 years old so more than uh, it's more than the majority the age of majority uh, but let's talk about first these the past and then maybe also about the future if we already know something about it let's talk about the past 20 years does it feel like a long way or maybe you know looking back from this point of view it seems rather that they that they passed very fast it has been actually a very fast journey. So definitely eGovernance Academy at the beginning was a very small organization. We started with three staff members and, uh, and um, uh, several small projects. And now we have uh, almost 70 staff members. We have been working in more than 130 countries, 138 countries, over 300 projects, over 9,000 participants in the trainings. So uh, very much global reach. So I think that uh, the dream what uh, the founders of eGovernance Academy had 20 years ago has become true. And, uh, and also the dream what we currently have to, to be uh, a leading uh, global uh, digital transformation consultancy organization has become true and, uh, and we are becoming stronger and stronger. So in this sense, uh, it has been uh, uh, fast journey. I cannot say it's a roller coaster ride, <laughs> maybe in some sense, but uh, it was very much also learning by doing. So, uh, so I'm very proud that uh, we currently have more than 70 staff members, and uh, and everyone knows very well what to do and and how to consult uh, uh, our governments or or assist all this consultancy process as a back office staff members. Yeah, I mean, definitely going from uh, three to seventy, in, uh, it's a, it's a pretty exponential, let's say, increase. It is, but twenty years is a long time, also. True, twenty years is also a long time. Twenty years is a long time, maybe especially when it comes to talking about digital development, no? Because if we think back to like, let's let's do a little bit of a, you know, let's take a snapshot of. 20 years ago, or at least in any case, when you joined the organization, do you remember what were the hot topics or like the things, the, the issues to address uh, back then, or obviously like in general lines, no? Yeah, 20 years ago, <clears throat> I think also Estonia was 20 years back in the sense of digital government and also Estonia made the um, first, uh, first basic steps about digital government. Uh, uh, the X-Road data exchange system was recently launched. Uh, also, uh, digital identity, Estonian ID card, ID card was recently launched, and um, and government 
the institutions, both in uh, national and local level, were building up their, their own information systems. So, so uh, 20 years ago, it was not that much digital as it is today. Um, but, but also, it was very much ahead of time for many governments in those years. So uh, during those 20 years, I think what we have managed to do is provide inspiration for, for many governments globally. Uh, not only in the sense how to do it, but uh, in the sense that, yes, this is doable. Because um, also 20 years ago, now probably less, most of the governments were thinking that the paper-based government will stay forever. And computers are just kind of toys what uh, more advanced uh, government officials can use, or they are just uh, like electrical typewriters where you can save your text and continue editing later. So uh, the vision to have a full-scale digital government where data is running, not people, services are proactive, uh, invisible, like uh, uh, proactively presented to the citizens through mobile devices, this dream was existing only in the heads of a uh, very limited number of people, including Estonia. But uh, it has been also evolution because as we saw that globally digitalization, not only in government, but also in businesses especially, is, is uh, I cannot say remarkable, <laughs> it's just huge. So governments must, uh, must go at the same, same way. Maybe even 20 years ago, governments was a little bit ahead uh, of, uh, uh, of the businesses. But today, I should say, businesses are running much faster. And uh, the sample I love to bring is that if I can buy flight ticket around the world in five minutes from my computer or, or smartphone, why the hell I cannot provide, submit this application to the government through, uh, <laughs> through my computer? When or, I can give them a form, essentially. <laughs> yes, yes, whatever form, register my place of living. So, so the expectations of the citizens and businesses have tremendously changed during the last 20 years. Everyone see that it's doable in digital and asking from their government, why we don't do it in digital because we can do it in business digital we can send each other emails uh, and then handle our personal communication in digital why i should submit paper to a government why i should stay in queue uh, next to a government office so in this sense i think the demand from the citizens has growing tremendously and now it's time to respond from the government to do actually something Hannes, talking about the demand of the, exactly about this dynamic, two things came up to my mind. I will ask you the first one, which is today it's been already some years that not only, you know, like uh, consulting companies or agencies in general, but uh, almost everyone, also designers, for example, like we talk a lot about public services that should be designed and delivered in the way that services are designed and delivered by private companies. But you mentioned that, for example, in, the, in those years, in the beginning, Mm, perhaps governments were to a certain extent a bit more forward-looking than companies in the technology adoption. No? Do you think that in a way governments have been have had their own pioneer phase of you know ahead of private companies and then this dynamic sort of like reverted today? Yes, I think um, in, in mostly technology companies are, are today very much ahead. But, uh, but I think government role is not 
not only to innovate, government role is to boost the innovation in private sector and then uh, harvest uh, the fruits uh, from this, uh, uh, this innovation and, uh, and select what fits to a government also. Uh, today, there is so many technological opportunities uh, um, uh, what, what government can use. So it's, it's rather than, than ask that what is suitable for us and what is not. Is it secure enough or not? And, and make a smart solu- um, selection. Because if a government selects one or another technology, they will use it for 20 years. So you need to be really careful, <laughs> not only what is the technology, but also who is the provider of a technology, not only in this sense from which country it's coming and is it like democratic country or not democratic country, but but also is it supported sufficiently? Can you live with this technology? What, what are the options if there is no support available? And so on and so on. Because government systems are much bigger usually than, than traditional usual company sizes. I don't uh, discuss about um, uh, multinationals. This is what we need to consider. But at the same time, governments, when building up uh, e-government systems, must be flexible also, that they are not like uh, uh, building monolith systems where you cannot plug and play uh, various um, additional features. We don't know what kind of uh, digital identity applications are available after five years, but we need to be ready to um, plug and play uh, them to the existing government solutions. So, so this is the key issue that we need to be modular, we need to be ready for the changes in the part of a system and build the systems accordingly. And, um, and no doubts about it, we need also to think more and more about privacy and security. Uh, we need to think what is the private data, are people allowing us to use the data, what is provided to the government so um, so a lot of privacy privacy concerns are in the air so governments must address them also in close future and no doubts government must make sure that all their information systems are secure so there is no data leaks or even even more worst case scenario that someone is able to um, uh, to manipulate the data. And we are in good positions already to, to transfer the, the knowledge and expertise, what we have gained both from Estonia and countries who have already done a lot. Now we can um, uh, advise other governments also and, and provide them lessons what has been happening in uh, in other countries i remember also that during my uh, during my work for example at uh, at estonia and also talking about estonia let's say to to others internationally whether it was journalists or people from governments or delegations from like private companies then there were i remember there were many people who wanted to come to estonia and uh, see the digital state no but like, one of the things is exactly that you you don't see the digital state like if you don't see the digital state then it means that it works well essentially but in your opinion was it more invisible let's say as a topic and as a thing the digital state 20 years ago or today now it's much more invisible definitely i i was just in one day making myself an exercise but thinking where are government institutions where is in my home city, Tartu, where is tax authority, where is social security authority, where is like a police authority. I hardly recall the police authority because I need to, after every 10 years, I need to replace my passport or ID card. So that's why I need where it is located. But I, I have no idea where is in my home city tax authority is allocated or social security uh, authority is allocated. And this shows that actually 
e-government is working. I don't need to know where officials are located. Maybe there is no uh, no tax authority representation anymore in my cities. Maybe they are all working across Estonia from homes. I have no idea. <laughs> and I don't care. <laughs> yeah, but I need online services and those are available. This means that government functions for me through computer screen or through my smartphone applications. Yeah, and you know where they are. But let's talk about e-governance academy because we're also like approaching a little bit the the end, let's say, of this episode. What are, in your opinion, some of the most remarkable success stories, let's say, that e-governance academy can boast of the in the past years? Earlier, there was um, a lot of education-related uh, programs like uh, Dear Leap in. Uh, in Georgia, what we, we supported also various programs in Moldova. Uh, definitely Ukraine has been a success story. We have been working for for last 10 years. Uh, uh, I think we have provided a lot of inspiration for many smaller countries in, in Caribbeans, uh, also in many countries in, in Africa. Because as, as I mentioned earlier, I think our main role is provide inspiration and and after inspiration has been there also to uh, to assist to plan the, the steps how to move forward towards the digital government because digital government is like an elephant you don't need to how to eat it but you need to eat it slice by slice so we need to to uh, to slice the big uh, a big uh, challenge to the smaller pieces what are eatable what are doable as a project and and I think this kind of inspiration and um, and support what we have provided to the many many governments has been very helpful for them. Also, many governments uh, from small countries, either from Caribbeans or South Pacific or or also Africa, they they have been thinking that if we are so small, can we do something? Because e-government costs a lot. No, smaller you are, more flexible you are, faster you can do changes and the uh, faster you can implement and 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 the win is even faster and last but not least what we have learned uh, that the di- implementation of a digital government is only partly technical exercise it has been very much change management even we should say cultural exercise how to shift from paper-based culture to the, to the digital culture and how to connect it to your traditional values what you have in your country how to how to merge them, not uh, not make make them into conflict, put them into conflict. So in this sense, it has been a great great journey, also learning journey for us as Estonians. But now we have also a very international team already. So um, so it has been uh, both uh, providing uh, and sharing the, the experiences, but also very much learning and bringing back this knowledge to our home country. Also, this has been a great journey. Speaking of learning. To close it off, something that has not gone as wished or expected. <laughs> Finally, everything goes well, but uh, we are happy to learn from the mistakes and uh, happy to learn from the challenges because uh, if you learn from it, you are stronger and better next time. And that definitely happened to governance Academy as well, as it does to everyone. Hannes, thanks a lot again for joining us today for this episode. Thank you very much. And... Um, Happy to see all of our listeners with us in our e-governance conference at the end of May 2023 and, and, and happy to have calls with you to discuss further cooperation. Hannes, thanks a lot. And uh, at this point, since you, uh, since you did the, uh, how to say, the, the hosting duties at this point, at least for anticipating the conference, from host of the podcast, me, there is nothing left to say than uh, tune into the next episode. But thanks a lot for joining us again. 
This podcast is brought to you by eGovernance Academy. Tune in on next Wednesday.